another episode of NFT Rumors, the podcast, your show for weekly NFT news updates and industry leader interviews around the NFT space. This is your host, Lucas. I'm joined today by Alec. We got an awesome episode for you. We have the NFT news updates. We are breaking it all down over the last couple days, everything going on in the NFT world. The good news is that NFTs are back. Uh, we reported the last couple weeks that NFTs were dead. We're taking that back. They are fully back now. Uh, volume is cracking uh, back to not highs, but it's getting up there. It's climbing. It's not at lows anymore. And open sea bots are spamming us again. We love to see that. Uh, but good week for NFTs. Uh, we also, in the news updates, we got uh, Quentin Tarantino is getting sued over his NFT drop. That's too bad for him. Uh, Xbox doesn't seem to be going into NFTs. We'll break that down for you. Uh, there's a chess NFT platform, a, another gaming platform that is trying to become the centerpiece for eSport NFTs. Uh, we got celebrity updates. Uh, Quiznos, Ice Cube, the Dallas Mavericks, the Lakers. We got that Metaverse Index. Uh, we got a whole bunch for you. We... Uh, we, you know, we'll catch you up with everything that's been going on uh, in the FT news updates. And then we're talking to Brianna, uh, Brianna Fay. She is building Meta Architects and the Meta American Dream. It is the first NFT collection that is spatially generating 2D, 3D uh, houses, architecture for the metaverse. Uh, it's really cool. And there's really no project that's doing anything like it you they're literally like generating it like a profile picture uh collection but it's you know like a house and you'll be able to import them into different metaverses uh, it hasn't launched yet and you can actually still get on the white list so we will um you know that'll all be down there but that's at the end of the episode we have an awesome conversation she went to mit she's really smart and she also is here in miami so uh that's you know all good things awesome conversation uh, let's get right into this episode, but before that, go follow us on Twitter, at NFT Rumors. Uh, go share this podcast, leave a review, send it to a friend, uh, anything at all helps. Uh, if you're an NFT project, send us a DM on Twitter, and you know we'll get back to you, let you know what, you, what we think. Um, yeah, we're going to hop right into this one. Let's do it. Jumping into the first news story of the week, Presearch, a decentralized search engine, has announced a partnership with OpenSea to allow its users to scan through OpenSea's data. This is its second major integration as it partnered with CoinMarketCap in early October. Presearch currently has 2.7 million users and has over 3.5 million daily searches. Last week in our news updates, we reported that Director of Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino, was planning on releasing seven NFTs featuring never-before-seen content as well as the movie scripts from Pulp Fiction. This story has developed as Miramax, the entertainment company which produced Pulp Fiction, is suing Quentin Tarantino, saying that he is in breach of contract copyright and trademark infringement and unfair competition 
based on a agreement signed between Miramax and Tarantino on June 23rd, 1993, which gave Miramax the sole and exclusive right to all copyrights and trademarks of Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino's lawyer, Brian Friedman, argues that Tarantino does have the right to sell the NFTs and that Miramax is wrong, plain and simple. This might be a somewhat landmark case in the NFT world. We really haven't seen many uh, big contract disputes or any real legislation yet. So we'll see how this goes, but you know, stay on hold for those Tarantino NFTs. They probably won't be coming out for a while. Megafans, the free-to-play and play-to-earn esports platform, has announced that it will begin giving out rewards as NFTs. Currently, the platform allows you to compete in either tournaments or head-to-head -head and be rewarded in cash, gift cards, or even cryptocurrencies. And NFTs are simply the latest integration and movement towards a blockchain-enabled esports platform. Well, it seems like the next blockchain-enabled esports platform will definitely not be coming from Xbox, as today, the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, came out and said that the company is skeptical of NFTs and are not looking to implement NFTs into the Xbox ecosystem right now. Spencer said about NFTs, quote, what I'd say today on NFTs all up is I think there's a lot of speculation and experimentation that's happening and that some of the creatives that I see today feels more exploitive than about the entertainment. NFTs and video games seem to be the most practical use case at this point for the technology, and Xbox is taking a similar path here as Steam, which fully banned any NFT games from their marketplace a few months back. Obviously, a lot of video game companies are steering directly into NFTs, so it really seems to be a preference at this point and probably a matter of time until they all figure it out. FIDE, the International Chess Federation, has become the first global sports organization to announce its own NFT marketplace. The NFT marketplace will be titled Chess NFT and launched in November. This comes just one month after Magnus Carlsen, who won the Meltwater Champion Chess Tour, was given an NFT trophy and a replica of the NFT trophy was then sold off to fans, with the winner not only getting the NFT, but also the opportunity to play against Carlson himself. So with a lot of speculation on rising cryptocurrency prices towards the end of the year, uh, maybe the oversaturation of the PFP projects, I don't really know, but NFTs were kind of dead for a little bit there. They were hitting three month lows in volume in daily transactions, but I am here to tell you that NFTs are officially back. According to data from Dune Analytics, the daily volume on OpenSea between October 27th and November 12th was at three month lows, trading about 50 million US dollars per day just on OpenSea. Since November 13th, this number has completely picked up it is nearly tripled and we're seeing almost 150 million dollars uh, in open sea volume on today november 17th we've already seen 127 million dollars in volume uh, i'm recording this about 8 p.m on the 17th uh, so this is really uh you know bullish obviously that people are back they're trading nfts there's a market again uh, which is good to see 
And also on a personal front, you know, the OpenSea bots are back, which is usually a pretty telling sign uh, of how things are going. But NFTs are back, great news. They'll be down again in a couple weeks. Uh, that's how it works. So, you know, just be happy we're here now. In a less positive news story, an admin account on the Beeple Discord, Beeple being the famed NFT artist who sold a piece for over $69 million earlier this year, and Discord being the common social media that his community uses to follow his events. Um, an admin account was hacked and the hacker then promoted a fake Beeple NFT drop and in total sold over 38 ETH worth of fake Beeple NFTs. All right, we're gonna give a celebrity update, just the big names, big brands that have been getting into NFTs uh, this past week. To start off with, Quiznos is releasing their own NFTs in partnership with Crypto.com. Uh, the NFTs went live on November 15th and owning one of the Quiznos NFTs will give you a chance to win a Quiznos gift card. So that's pretty baller. Uh, the US rapper Ice Cube and NFT artist Trevor Jones are launching NFTs dubbed Man vs. Machine uh, on November 17th. The NFTs will be four large-scale AR paintings in oil representing Ice Cube's identity. And also four new tracks of Ice Cubes will be released as NFTs. Uh, the songs are entitled Speak Up, Feel the Bite, Your Homeboys Hate You, and Superhero. Uh, the, you can buy access to these songs for $15,000. And that's also the same price for the four NFT paintings. And then on the basketball front, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who's a huge proponent of NFTs. Uh, the Mavericks are giving NFT profile pictures to any guest that attends a home game for the Dallas Mavericks. They'll get their own NFT profile picture. Uh, kind of cool. And not NFTs, but definitely significant. Today, the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, I guess also the Clippers, they announced the new naming rights to the Staples Center in LA. Uh, it'll now be the Crypto.com Arena. And for an update on the Metaverse Index, the MVI is essentially an ETF of a bunch of Metaverse and NFT related goods. Just kind of give a proxy on how the NFT market is doing. This week, the Metaverse Index is trading at $260.62 and it is up 15.73% on the week. And we are now going to move into our conversation with Brianna Fay about Meta Architects and the Meta American Dream. Let's do it. We are joined by an awesome guest today to discuss the spatially computed NFT architecture project, Meta Architects. We're joined by Brianna Fay, uh, and she's building Meta Architects, which is an experiential first design and technology company that is using imagination, computation, and design to build 2D and 3D experiences, both IRL and online. So we're super excited to break this down with Brianna today, learn more about the project, learn more about the metaverse, uh, and what's coming forward with Meta Architects and the Meta American Dream. So Brianna, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, we're excited to learn about this project. So to get started, uh, just tell us a little bit about your background. How'd you get into NFTs? 
Sure. Um, so my background is um, actually pretty relevant to MedArchitects and, and the metaverse. Uh, I'm actually trained as a professional architect, like IRL building architect. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied for seven years a very long time ago and um, ultimately got into technology when I was at MIT. I spent a lot of time in the MIT Media Lab. For anyone who's kind of in the tech innovation world, you've probably heard of that. And I basically just wanted to continue doing stuff that was happening there, which is you know 10 to 15 to 20 years ahead of industry. So um, I was just really excited by that. And I knew that architecture was a slow moving profession and I wanted to figure out how I could really blend the two worlds. So basically the last um, nine years I've been working in and around technology doing that. So I professionally kind of specialize in, in emerging technologies. It's because of kind of the foundational education I had at MIT, I was exposed to a lot of um, you know, cutting edge, innovative, uh, emerging tech there. Um, and then being able to bridge digital and physical environments. I do a lot of things that pertain to smart cities, smart buildings, um, and kind of the future of, uh, cities and how technology, um, fuels that. So, um, I'm currently actually, um, CTO of an organization called the underline that's in Miami. Um, so that's like the professional cap that I wear. Um, but then I also, you know, um, have met architects, which I'm excited to tell you more about. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to learn more. Um, so your background, obviously, in tech and architecture, um, at what point did NFTs come into the picture? Or is that a pretty recent development? So I've been in the NFT space um, really since the beginning of this year. Um, I started really diving in, in in January just from a learning perspective. But ultimately, um, it feels like very familiar because I've been in crypto since 2013 and I've been in blockchain space from more of a you know technology point of view and, and building technology point of view from 2017. Um, I also am an art you know an artist on the side so um, I've been creating on-chain um, publishing and creating on-chain art um, since 2017 and and really did a lot in 2018. So NFTs were even though I didn't begin until this year they're definitely nothing new to me. It was just more of like a a more, um, you know, kind of mass adoption um, usage of smart contract technology that I've been familiar with for quite a few years. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a kind of a perfect blend of all your all your interests, the tech, the art, NFTs kind of hit all that on the head. Um, but it was cool. Also, you mentioned that you, you work over at the Underline. Me and Alec, we're both at the University of Miami. So, you know, we're, we're familiar with it. Um, so I guess just kind of get this rolling. Uh, the next question we have for you is kind of just overall, what is the metaverse uh, for someone who, you know, we're obviously we're familiar with the metaverse, but for someone who doesn't really know what it is, uh, it's kind of an obscure thought uh, that people will be living in this online place that doesn't really exist. Uh, can you explain what it really is and what it will look like going forward? Yeah, sure. So um, probably depends on who you ask what they'll define the metaverse as and whether or not it exists today in in our current state of um, technology and the internet. Um, I like to give both perspectives. So there are some folks who say, you know, Decentraland's a metaverse and there's multiple metaverses and um, basically like any individual ecosystem, um, you know, providing a tech can be a metaversal environment. 
um, which is composed of things like avatars. So, you know, a virtual identity um, character, let's say that you can move about in a virtual space, um, virtual assets, which could be land, buildings, objects, you know, clothes, um, art, any pretty much anything. Uh, fancy hardware, which is sort of an optional, meaning, you know, a VR headset could be yeah, a part of that to kind of increase the immersive uh, experience. Um, but the interoperability is the big thing that's really missing from the current state of uh, what the metaverse is and will be in the future. So what that means is we have uh, a lot of these individual metaverse worlds, which are kind of like individual companies or individual gaming environments and people can play in them, but they don't talk to one another. And so um, if you ask me, like that interoperability is, is actually a key point to um, kind of the metaverse as it's really imagined in some of these more, you know, early sci-fi states. So I don't know if um, to me a metaverse is really like one siloed game or more so the proliferation of all of these um, virtual environments that you can kind of tap in, tap out of um, in the future. Um, I also think that, you know, in our current state of web two, we have mostly an online presence in social media, which is this very like web two version of, you know, our, our online identities. And I think you'll start to see a more actual virtual ecosystem develop of like three-dimensionality and more immersive uh, environments that aren't just about kind of like tapping likes and, and comments, but to move from a text-based social media, like flat pictures and text-based to this actual, you know, three-dimensional world that we can move through and navigate through um, is a big component, I think, of, of fulfilling that metaverse vision. Yeah, I think that was, that was a really great explanation. So looking at the project that you're working on, um, I know we alluded a little bit to it earlier, um, but can you go into a little bit more detail? Um, obviously, it's not its own metaverse. Um, it's architecture that can interact with the metaverse. Um, so do you want to explain what uh, MetArchitects is? Yeah, sure. So MetArchitects, um, as you kind of gave a great intro of it earlier, um, we are a team of technologists who are a little obsessed with the built environment, uh, both digitally, virtually, and IRL. Um, so basically what we do is we focus on building um, digital, physical, hybrid experiences. And it, our first collection is um, actually a really, really cool computational feat. Um, we basically built an algorithm that designs buildings itself. So we didn't actually like, design buildings. So in the same way that like generative art projects, no one actually like drew you know, 10,000 individual board apes, what they did was they drew the eyes and the color of the clothes and the shirt, and then they sandwiched all these things together. So we did something similar, but with an extra axis. So we actually, you know, we built this model that drew these um, perimeters and then subdivided the space. And then we extruded that into three dimensions. And then we said, okay, now we need windows and doors. So we had to like, you know, pierce through this mass that was created of walls and adding things like roofs. And um, yeah, so basically um, that first collection is called uh, the Metamerican Dream. Uh, again, it's not really like nation specific, but we wanted to kind of build off of this idea as the metaverse is the next version of the, you know, the existing world. And so I think everyone can relate to what the American dream is as a definition, whether, you know, you, you live in the US or not. 
Um, so we wanted to kind of build off of that and say, well, this is sort of about that metaversal dream. So the equivalent, so we called it the Metamerican dream. And um, it's also easy because we started with houses, which uh, is a little bit more of a building typology that's easy to manage. Um, but we do plan to expand in the future. So we'll be able to build everything from skyscrapers to larger uh, typology of buildings like museums. And uh, we definitely plan to do that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so your whitelist application is just starting, uh, starting out right now. What is going to really like inhabit these houses in the metaverse? What's going to, uh, I guess it comes down to like the utility of the houses. Um, what, what function will they really serve? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a lot of different um, utility cases um, because you're getting not just the NFT, which is sort of a generative art. Um, component, but it's also generative architecture, which um, there's only been one generative architecture project that's uh, ever been in existence to my knowledge, and it's from Art Blocks, and it was actually only dealing with facades and facade treatment, so it wasn't actually an inhabitable building. So ours is, we like to say, it's the first inhabitable generative architecture collection. So that in itself is like, you know, of, of course, it's a technological feat, um, it's going to be the first of its kind. So from a collectible point of view, um, we think there's a lot of utility in that. But from an actual metaversal utility, we also have a few different um, components. So um, anyone is going to be able to get unlockable content with their NFT. And that unlockable content provides a 3D model, which you can then import into any metaverse world that is import friendly, which is most of them in this regards. Um, so basically you'll, you'll get the three-dimensional model. You can import it into things like sandbox. You can even put it through a voxelizer. There are free tools to do that online, which we plan to, um, provide instructions to, to walk people through this, to, to help them kind of through this process. But for example, you can put this three-dimensional model through a voxelizer and then upload it into crypto voxels as well. So the cool thing is, is it, it pretty much is metaverse agnostic. Like it can be synonymous with any um, metaverse that's existing right now. And in the future, we'd love to actually pursue, you know, building a metaverse environment that allows people to also, you know, display their buildings, aggregate their buildings and, you know, put digital assets in it. Um, we're just very big proponents of open metaverse and not creating another siloed environment. So that's something we want to approach very strategically. Yeah. And a quick question on the technical side. Um, on your website, you say that the NFT contains an interactive rendered version of the building, as well as a 3D asset, which you actually import to the metaverse. From a user experience perspective, what is the difference in those two things? So, you know, when you go like on OpenSea, for example, and you're, you're viewing your NFTs, um, basically most NFTs are static 2D um, images, right? They're like, sure. and even some three-dimensional things are like a static 2D render of a three-dimensional thing. Um, but ours is basically going to be a dynamic uh, model that is, uh, so you, you get an HTML rendered preview, meaning you can actually spin this thing and rotate it and look around as opposed to like a static thing that you just right click save, for example. Um, there aren't too many projects that have done this either. So that's from a technical point of view, it's something that we wanted to really strive for. We were trying to push pretty much every technical boundary that we could. Um, a couple projects that we like to reference because we we look really hard to them to say like, this is what we're trying to achieve um, is um, CyberKong. So I think the 
CyberKongs VX was one that did this. So you can actually like, uh, there's a there's a flat preview, but once you actually click on the NFT page, you can spin the CyberKongs, you can actually change the color of the background. Um, so that's all stuff that you have to look forward to because that's all stuff that we're planning to build into our project. Um, another one is a Aurora project from Artblocks. So again, we were looking at like, we were looking at some of the most well-executed technical projects in the space, CyberKongs, Aurora, um, um, the city blocks from art blocks as well. So we, we really wanted to, even though we're a brand new team and we don't have that kind of credibility of like, hey, believe us, we've launched this before. Um, I think people will be really blown away by the technical execution of this project. Awesome. A lot of these metaverses that are selling land, they're just kind of just opening it up and letting people mint the parcels. And from there, it's just kind of on the, the owner of the NFT to you know, build on it or, you know, do whatever you want with it, really. Like my question is, do you have to be a, like, very tech savvy? Do you have to be a developer or a coder to, like, be able to alter your property at all, be able to build on it or move it into different metaverses? So that's the thing that actually drove us to create this project. We wanted it to be accessible to everyone. We wanted building metaverses to be accessible to everyone. So, um, no, you don't. That's the great thing. And we're going to, I mean, you will have to kind of, you know, learn how to download things and import things if you haven't done those things before, but actually a lot of people already have. Um, the two things that really drove us to create this project was that one, there were a lot of 2D generic avatar projects coming out. And this was six months ago. And I was like, I want something different and it's not, no one's making it. And so I'm going to make it. Um, the other thing was at the same time, I was like, you know, kind of mulling over this, like, okay, I'm, I'm getting tired of avatars. And this was six months ago. So imagine how tired I am of avatars now. Um, but we were seeing this whole metaverse world thing happen. And I was seeing people say, hey, I, I own a, a plot and sandbox. I need someone to build something because I, you know, I bought this expensive land plot. And then I was seeing like some people say like, oh, I'm, I'm too busy or like someone who's like, I haven't learned that world yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe like these really successful metaverse worlds don't have a way that you could just click generate building. Because, of course, if you if you spent 10 Ethereum on a plot of land, you sure as heck want to put something there. <laughs> Uh, and so I was like, well, this is actually very easy. It, I mean, it's going to take a few months to like corral all of the work and do the work. But the, the idea was, how do you just one click generate a building? And then it was like, well, let's, let's do it another way. Instead of just the same building, how do we make them unique every time? How do we make them, um, you know, build into any metaverse world? So something we'd love to actually do is partner with existing metaverse worlds and potentially even build in our um, computational model so that people in the world can just, you know, one click generate, use our code and get a building. Um, but we're actually working on our own generator tool. We have a beta version right now. We haven't we haven't yet announced to the public, but it is uh, active because it's a little glitchy right now. But basically, apart from the NFT itself, you could go on and say, I want a 4,000 square foot building. I want eight rooms in it. I want it to have ceiling heights of 20 feet and click and it's generated. Mm -hmm. So that's something we're, we've actually already started working on. It's a big part of our, our roadmap because we don't want just people who have to buy into the project to also have um, this kind of utility as well. Yeah, I want to I want to go back to something you were saying earlier about how today in things like Decentraland and Sandbox, 
land and real estate is getting very expensive. And that seems to be a recurring theme across the NFT space where it came in with this whole idea of decentralization, giving access to everybody. And yet you see whales coming in and basically raising the floor price. Right now, Bored Apes, the floor price is 50 ETH, um, which not a lot of people have $200,000 laying around to buy an NFT. Um, so in the case of the metaverse, how, in your vision, how do you go about developing a metaverse that sort of uh, is able to solve that issue of remaining accessible to everybody, even when its user base rises? That's a great question. And I wish I had all of the answers because if I did, I'd, I'd be building it right now. Um, one thing I can say is, you know, have, have a mission of going in with, you know, an open metaverse mindset and accessibility. It doesn't mean that you know, you're going to do it perfect or that we're going to do it perfect, but having that as a mission will at least help ensure that you try. Um, accessibility is, is a huge thing because it's basically the opposite of scarcity, which is basically what is the premise of all NFT projects. And in even ours right now, you know, we, we debated a lot about our tokenomics and we, we actually originally were like, what if it was this ongoing thing where kind of like nouns, there were like a certain amount released every day and um, you know, because again, there, there is a finite amount of land, but like, we are never going to get there in our lifetime. Right. Uh, maybe in like a hundred years or a thousand years. Um, so I think current metaverse world, when you're building it and you say there's a hundred plots, that's great until suddenly those a hundred plots are sold and then it's not great for everyone else. Um, so I, I think the thing is be careful with scarcity, um, Ultimately, we could not find the right answer, especially as a new budding project, because we knew there wouldn't be a huge demand out of the gate for what we were building. And um, we also worried about like, well, if we're if we're limiting how many people can, you know, mint per day or per week or whatever this drop is, um, you know, we're we have to recognize we're not the nouns. We're not like, you know, we don't have this huge um, kind of punk brand behind us or that is going to drive people to the space. And we also really wanted to be considerate of like how gas fees would work. So we, we basically said, okay, uh, we don't have the solution yet, at least from the tokenomics point of view. So we did just say, let's launch a project. Ultimately we're limiting, we're capping our total project to 10,000, but regardless of how many we sell, um, it's going to be sort of met by the demand. So like if we only sell, um, 5,000, that's actually great. We're happy because everyone who originally wanted it got it. And we're still going to build in this kind of accessibility of being able to generate the 3D models. You won't have the token, of course, um, but we will definitely reward our, our users with future drops and the architecture and the computational model are only going to get more complex and refined over time. So that's also the sort of brilliance of it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a super delicate balance. Uh, trying to find you know the right the right way to do it um, and a lot of nft collectors investors they will if the launch doesn't go well they'll just be out immediately um, but i think that what you guys are doing well is i saw this on the discord is your affordable housing whitelist um so it's kind of it's kind of funny uh just because you know the parallels to the actual housing market me and alec were both gen z uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll own a house in our lifetimes, but it doesn't look great right now. Um, so how did you guys come up with this idea to have an affordable housing whitelist where you're giving access to people that aren't whales first, pretty much? 
Yeah. Um, so one of our uh, kind of roadmap activations, I guess you'd call it, is that we're, we're planning to donate a portion of proceeds to Habitat for Humanity. Um, we wanted everything to be centered around, you know, kind of housing or architecture because it just makes sense for, you know, for what our mission is and our project. Um, and so we had been, you know, already kind of having that on the roadmap from the beginning. Um, and I actually used to volunteer with Habitat for Humanity, like a, like a long time ago, I'd every weekend during college, I would be out building houses. I'd literally be like on roofs, like hammering things. Uh, and I remembered this component of sweat equity. Um, so the team and I discussed it. We'd actually had already done our original, you know, whitelist to kind of reward early folks in the discord. Um, and then I was like, wow, this is just too, you know, this is too relevant. And, and if I could have actually taken away the first whitelist, I would have totally just replaced it with this or maybe done like one of each. Um, so we did these two tiers of just, you know, first, first to the discord, which was helpful for us in building community. Um, but now that we kind of had this idea of, wow, this, this makes a lot of sense. Um, so we played around with the numbers a lot. And ultimately we just said, you know what? 10% of our total max supply, we're going to reserve for this affordable housing uh, component. And so a thousand NFTs are reserved for free, basically. Um, there's an extensive application. We just launched it in our Discord today, uh, but we're going to be posting it to Twitter more publicly um, later this week. But yeah, basically it's, it's kind of extensive. You know, there's like long form, short form answers. Um, it's definitely a lot longer than like send us your address and how many NFTs you want to mint, which was the first one. Um, but the great thing is we're already getting people's like stories that are coming in and saying, hey, I'm new to this space. I, I love this project. I love what you're doing. I'd love to contribute. Um, we also have this component of sweat equity, which we also got inspired by Habitat for Humanity to use. And that's basically the idea of um, in Habitat for Humanity, um, you're given the house, of course, but there's this component of sweat equity. So people who are going to be given their house can actually build their own house. And then they can go and build other people's houses that are being built. So what it is, is like, you're basically trading, you know, your time for what you're going to get. So you're giving back to the community and you're also getting something. So we implemented this and we basically said, um, you know, one of the questions on the whitelist application is how would you give back, right? So. How are you going to contribute to whether it's the Med Architects community or the greater NFT community? And um, yeah, we're just starting to have some really beautiful, interesting ideas roll in. Um, obviously, if you're a designer, you can like design things. If you're a builder, you can build things. If you don't have like any pertinent skills, you can like, you know, you can do marketing, you can hang out in the Discord. And so we're getting like just we're just hoping like we get a lot of creative ideas that come in from people and, and it hopefully it just inspires them to also be like, yeah, like I'm getting something for free, but I'm giving something back. And we'd, we'd love to just see this actually just kind of take fire in the NFT community. So we're excited to see how that happens. One, one more question, kind of building off this idea of community, as well as what you were saying earlier about when it comes to strategy and developing an NFT project, it's hard to balance the perfect world and the practical world. Um, so on your roadmap, you mentioned that you're not a DAO um, and obviously you're not noobs. What was the thought process in developing a structure to where your members still had some say in terms of voting and recommendations, but not full autonomy um, like a DAO? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
I was really inspired by the noun style projects. Um, to me, it was like one of the best executed in terms of, you know, the thoughtfulness of tokenomics and, you know, really true DAO um, kind of broken down into allowing a voting system that's actually built into the website that's transparent. So again, like nothing's blind about it. Um, but ultimately I kind of knew like, again, out of the gate as someone who hasn't been proven, um, you know, who doesn't have a huge uh, following, who doesn't have that kind of provenance in the community uh, from a large scale, I just knew that there, there probably wasn't going to be as much inter interactivity on it as you needed to, because you need people to show up to vote. So what we've done is we've just tried to be, we've tried to be as transparent as possible. Um, so we've taken a lot of different kind of suggestions from people. We created an ideas channel in the Discord. Um, we've logged those ideas. We've had a um, our roadmap is actually just a Google Doc that we've said, please add ideas to this, and we want to see them. Um, not a lot of people have actually like dug into the Google Doc and added, but they have added in the Discord channel, and so we're we're making sure those get heard. Um, so I think like just listening is like one part. I mean, of course, you know, you need the community to engage to like really fulfill that vision. Um, but we're we're excited that people are starting to get excited. That's that's the biggest thing. So I think one of the not everyone's approach, um, and it doesn't have to be right because. I mean, ultimately, we're, we're creating a lot of like centralized companies, right? And um, when you're not a DAO, you are creating a centralized company. Um, so we'd love to kind of go that DAO route, but we need the, you know, the, the funding mechanisms to support it, to really do it properly, legally, of course, um, the technology to do it, like executed as well as, for example, Nouns DAO has done. Um, cause that was like, that's actually a built in kind of technology platform that allows you to do those voting mechanisms. And then they have this whole like wide community that they can help build. So they're like building a skate park right now and it's awesome, but yeah, you need like hundreds of people to contribute to that. Mm -hmm. So that's what we ultimately aspire to do, but you know, we need the like hundreds of people who want to rally behind building a skate park to, to support that. And of course also the, the funds. So. I think the the big mission would be like, how do we become the metaverse equivalent of like what Nouns DAO is doing? That's like that's like big picture. Mission. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but Meta Architects, this project looks awesome. Uh, definitely has a lot of legs. Is there anything else that uh, you know, we're gonna wrap up here? Anything else that you want to get out? Um, no, I think uh, I really appreciate you guys' support. Hanging out in the Discord. Um, this project is perfect for anyone who's really interested in the metaverse, learning and learning about the metaverse. Um, we have a lot of architects, we have a lot of builders, um, we have a lot of designers in our group. So, and also real estate folks, like I've had lots of conversations around real estate. Um, and ultimately what we're building is going to touch all of that, right? It's going to touch metaverse. It's going to touch architecture. It's going to touch real estate and land ownership. Um, as well as like metaversal technology ecosystems. So I think it's like a pretty wide array. You don't have to be an, ar an architect or an architecture enthusiast to, to join. Um, actually, one of our things about choosing houses was because, you know, we're like, everyone needs a home, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's eventually going to own land in the metaverse. Everyone's going to need a building. Um, it's also kind of funny because you're like, why do I need a virtual home, right? <laughs> But I think, uh, you know, probably a year ago, most of us didn't understand why we needed a digital avatar identity either. True. Um, so there's, 
I think there's things kind of like bubbling to the surface right now that are going to make it really clear in the future. I think we're just uh, we're just a little early. So we hope that people kind of see the glint of the future and, and come join and hang out in our discord. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, make sure you go join that discord. You can uh, access it via the med architects, Twitter. It's at M E T A R K I T E X. Uh, you can also go ahead and follow Brianna on Twitter. It's at underscore Brianna Fay. Uh, we will, you know, scroll down. We'll put all this, all the links in the show notes. Uh, Brianna, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're really excited about the project. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it and, and love what you're doing. Huge shout out to Brianna for jumping on NFT Rumors, the podcast, uh, talking about this one for uh, all you listeners out there and letting us learn more about it. Uh, go ahead, scroll down right now into the show notes. We are going to link Brianna's Twitter, the Met Architect's Twitter. We're going to throw the Discord in there want to join there get more details see what's going on uh, check out the affordable housing whitelist uh, really cool stuff and yeah we're excited to talk to Brianna again soon and we'll definitely keep you guys updated on uh, how the project is doing so this wraps up another episode of nft rumors the podcast uh, thanks so much for listening it's our 27th episode now uh, it's kind of crazy to think about honestly um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun making these for you. Uh, let us know if there's anything you like, anything you want us to focus on, anything, whatever. Uh, we really just put this out there, you know, have a voice to hear someone talk about NFTs. Uh, if you learn something, that's amazing. Uh, but go leave us a review, uh, share this podcast. It really helps. It really means a lot. And we will catch you next week uh, with another episode of NFT Rumors, the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.